Welcome to Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina, a movie lover. And I'm Sonia, a movie not lover. My mission is to make Sonia watch all the movies she's never seen. And my mission is to watch more movies and not always have to say, Nope, Never Saw It. So we started this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. So Gina? Yes, Sonia? I'm ready. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Nope, Never Saw It. I'm Gina, and with me always is the very beautiful Sonia. Hi, Sonia. Hey, hey Gina. Hi. Hi. Today, today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Goonies. I cannot wait to talk about this with Sonia. I've prepared myself mentally and emotionally for whatever you are about to say about this movie. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to start with our friendship. 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 I actually have, is it okay if I have like two pairs? Mm-hmm. Okay. I could have well, two also. Okay. Oh, this is exciting. One of them is like an update and the other one is kind of a funny story. Okay. Okay. So my first one, my, and I think I, I alluded to this last time we texted, but I just got a new phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really excited about it because the phone that I had, I, I had an iPhone 6, I think. And so I've had it for about five years. Probably. Yeah, your phone was old. It was old. And you know what last, what did it for me, aside from the fact that I keep running out of memory and it won't let, then it doesn't do anything. And the battery kept dying like out of nowhere. Um, what really put me over the edge was last week I was talking to my students and one of them saw my phone and they said, oh my God, you still have a home button? <laughs> well, but I think a lot of people still have a home button. I know. It was just the way they said it. And I felt so ashamed. But anyway, I, I have been thinking about getting a new phone for a while, but I didn't want to get one because I like the smaller phones. And I yeah. feel like the phones that just keep getting bigger and bigger every like time. Like mine. I have the gigantic one. Oh my, oh my God. That's like bigger than your face. Yeah, it actually is. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> so I got, I ended up getting the, the 12 mini, but what I'm really excited about is that it's purple. That's, oh, and that case is so pretty. I know. I got a glittery case. I love that. Oh, my God, Sonia. It makes me so happy every time I look at it. It's beautiful. Is the right? phone itself glittery? Because I saw the commercial for it, and it looked like it had glitter on it. But I, but I think maybe it was just like an effect that they put on the on the phone in the commercial. Yeah, it was just an effect. So the the phone itself is just a plain purple. But the case, I went, I, I totally girled out on this and I got the glittery case. And can I say it has really been nice because, you know, I'm so stressed out with school and, um, and I just feel like this year is never going to end, but (laughs) this is going to sound really ridiculous, but I'll just like look at the purple on my phone and then I feel better. (laughs) I don't think that's ridiculous at all. I feel like, like sometimes it's just those little things are the only things that will get you through the day. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sparking a lot of joy for me. So, um, and then my other share is this really funny story. So last week um, I've, okay. I've been rewatching how I met your mother on Hulu mm-hmm. and I've been having this issue with Hulu. And apparently this is a thing. Cause I looked it up where it'll just like cut out in the middle of the show oh. for whatever reason. And, um, and you have to like reboot the, the whole like app or whatever. But what was happening to me was that 
it would, I'd be watching the show and it would cut out. And instead of just like going back to the homepage, it would cut to the movie Porky's. <laughs> and Sonia, this- Did you watch that movie recently? I did actually. Okay, I well at least there's- I guess, but but I but I didn't watch it, but it keeps going to the IMDB app and I've never watched anything on the IMDB app. So it was just really, really weird. And it kept like every five minutes, it kept like cutting out of How I Met Your Mother and into Porky's, but like, not like at the very beginning, like wherever I stopped it because I didn't want to watch it. It was almost like my television was trying to force me to watch Porky's. It was like, we just watched this and it was awesome. Right. I'd like to watch it again. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother used to be good, but the ending is very disappointing. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping in my rewatch that I won't be as disappointed with the ending, but I, I don't know. We'll see. You'll have to let me know. I feel like sometimes with TV shows, like where you're disappointed, if you then binge watch it, it's less disappointing for some reason, just because you're not like anticipating it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I've, I've had that experience. I would also like to rewatch Seinfeld and their season finale. I think most shows, the season finales, I, I usually find disappointing, but I think that's because I don't want the show to end. So I'm just mm-hmm. sad. It's funny that you say that because we're actually rewatching Seinfeld right now. Oh, you are. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So you'll have to let me know if the season series finale is I as will. disappointing as it was when yep. it first aired. I will. We okay. We have our homework, our marching orders here. We do. <laughs> um, okay. Well, my two friend shares, um, one is for me and one is for you. Oh, okay. Um, so the one for me is uh, I have, now that things are sort of starting to feel normal again, and it seems like it will continue to feel normal going forward. Um, we bought concert tickets for September. <gasps> Oh my God, I know. I'm so excited. Where are you going to go? Know. What are you going to see? Um, we're seeing a band called Lord Huron. Do you know who they are? You've probably no. heard me talk about no, them. No, never heard of them. <laughs> um, their most favorite, favorite, their most famous song, I would say, is the one um, that was in, did you watch 13 Reasons Why? I saw the first season. Okay. So there's the, the song that's playing, there's like a dance scene and it's, the song is like, take me back to the night we met. Mm-hmm that's their song okay which I think is their most famous song but probably my least favorite of their songs okay um so we're seeing them in in the city oh I'm so excited for you I am so excited it's gonna be awesome and then we should be doing some fish stuff this summer too so that's it's wild it's like hard to fathom really but I guess I guess it'll happen because we felt like for so long that we were never going to be able to do these things ever again. Correct. Yeah, correct. Which is sort of a good segue into my second thing. This is the one that's for you. Okay. Um, So when the pandemic started, Sean and I thought, you know, every Saturday night, we're going to watch a movie and we'll take turns picking the movie. And this was when like, it was early days. So it was like, this will be a few weeks, maybe like a couple months tops. Um, And Anyway, that was very short-lived because we could never agree on a movie because I basically every movie was like, no, I don't want to see that. Like, <laughs> but huh, this, really, <laughs> aren't you surprised to hear so that? I'm surprised. Usually, I usually love movies, but this weekend we're gonna watch a movie, and I'm very excited. And it was my idea. 
And I'm it's so proud of you. Right? It's the woman in the window. It's going to be on Netflix. It's based on that, on the novel. Yeah. Oh, shut up. I yep. love that book. Yeah. So it's oh. on Netflix. It's on now. You could, I mean, don't watch it now because we're recording, but right, you can right. watch it after. Oh my God. I'm totally going to watch that this weekend. I've been waiting. Is Amy Adams in it? Yep. Okay. And I think it was supposed to come out in the theaters, but then it just got like so delayed. And I think at this point they're just like, all right, Netflix. Right. Yeah. Plus Netflix takeover. I'm going to yeah. have to text my friend Annie later and tell her because she was the one, I think she recommended it to me or I recommended it to her. I don't remember, but we're always recommending like crazy storybooks to each other. So I'm very excited. Yeah. That's the I... technical genre, crazy storybooks, by the way. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm excited too. Cause I read it. I read it like right when the movie was supposed to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's been about a year. So I'm kind of excited to not really remember it as much. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yay. Well, I'm, I'm really excited now. Good. Yay. (laughs) So excited that I think I'm going to take a sip of my drink. (laughs) Me too. Cheers to you. Cheers. We are drinking a daiquiri. Let's take a sip. Oh yeah. Delightful. Mm -hmm. I think rum, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a really big fan of rum. Well, you know who else is a fan a fan of rum? Who? Pirates. Oh. And that is why I chose this drink because there are a lot of pirate themed things in the Goonies. Um, and a daiquiri is a very, very easy, easy drink to make, which is also why I'm a big fan of them. It is a one and a half ounces of light rum, three fourths of an ounce to an ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice. And then depending on how sweet you want the drink to be, you'll put in about a half an ounce to three fourths of an ounce of simple syrup, shake it up and drink it. I did all the things, but I, I doubled down once again, because it has been a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the recipe I sent you recommended doing that. Cause it's, it's not that much liquid. Oh, okay. So oh, good. I, I was worried that recipe. I was being like kind of over the top. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. And also I have this really pretty glass and I wanted to be able to fill the glass up. Mm-hmm. If I didn't double it, it would just come to like, not even where it yeah, bulbs out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a straight up daiquiri before. I think I've only had a strawberry daiquiri. Well, now you can say that you've had both. I know. And I made it all by myself. You did. And it's Yay. so easy. It was so easy. Oh my goodness. All right. Should we get into this movie? I think so. Okay, here we go. So we're going to be talking about The Goonies, which was released in 1985, was directed by Richard Donner, written by Chris Columbus, starring Sean Astin as Mikey, Josh Brolin as Bran, Jeff Cohen as Chunk, Corey Feldman as Mouth, Carrie Green as Andy, Martha Plimpton as Steph, Kay Hui Kwan as Data. And Sonia in tradition of Nope Never Saw It, I made a list of movies that are connected to all of these names that I have just read off to you. And I am going to quiz you to find out whether you've seen these movies or not. So when I give you the title, you can say, if you have seen it, of course I've seen it. And if not, what do you say? Nope, never saw it. All right, here we go. So Richard Donner, who directed The Goonies, also directed these two films. The first one, 
Superman, the original one, like with Christopher Reeves, Superman. Nope, never saw it. Okay, Christopher Reeves is a beautiful Superman. I grew up on this Superman. Oh, and then the second movie is Lethal Weapon. Uh, nope, never saw it. Oh, man. Okay. I We're think gonna... I've seen Lethal Weapon 4. <laughs> is that the Randomly? one with Joe Pesci or is that, the, or is that Lethal I Weapon I have no 3? idea. I just know it was the fourth one. Okay. <laughs> I think I don't even know this is going well. <laughs> All right. So, okay. And then um, it was written by Chris Columbus, who also wrote the screenplay for Gremlins. Nope. Never saw it. Oh my God. Do you know what's funny? I have always gotten Gremlins and the Goonies mixed up. Okay. <laughs> like a Goonie, I would think maybe like is a Goonie a gremlin or which is the one you're not supposed to give water to after midnight or something like isn't that a thing (laughs) yeah it is a thing that would be a gremlin and what's interesting is that they do make a reference to gremlins in this movie oh they did they did I don't know if you remember the scene where Chunk calls the police and he's trying to tell them about the Fratellis and where they are and then the and the police officer is like oh just like the time you called about blah 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 because he doesn't believe him because Chunk's apparently a pathological liar yeah. but then he makes reference to Glenn and then the time about those, those those little green creatures that multiply when you throw water on them oh so it's a I reference thought, to gremlins I thought gremlins were like fuzzy animal looking monsters they start out fuzzy But if you feed them after midnight, then little fuzzballs pop out of the gremlin and they turn into these cocoons and then more gremlins happen. And then, no, I'm sorry, when you get them wet, then they make more of the little fuzzy guys. But if you feed them after midnight, then they end up in these like cocoons and then they turn into little green monsters. Yeah, it's really gross. Well, I'm adding this movie to the list because you have to see it. Well, you've already given me the um, plot summary. Oh, damn it. All right. I'm going to wait a while before <laughs> before I add <laughs> throw this one at you because so you'll forget this whole conversation. <laughs> okay. So Sean Astin, who uh, plays the role of Mikey, also starred in the following films. And I'm pretty confident that you've seen at least two of these. Mm-hmm. Rudy. Yes, I've seen that. Okay. Lord of the Rings. Yes, I love that movie. The first one. Right. Have you seen all of them or just the first one? I've seen all of them. Okay. Awesome. And then 50 First Dates. I've seen that too. Really? Mm -hmm. I love 50 First Dates. It is a good movie. It's It's so adorable. I think about it sometimes when I think about like how I sometimes wish I had like wrote everything down for myself. So we can remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, Josh Brolin was also in No Country for Old Men. I saw that. And Milk. I, okay. I have seen that. I fell asleep. Not because <sighs> I was bored, uh-huh. but I think I was just really tired. Yeah. So I guess that's technically based on our rule. Yeah. Technically doesn't count, but I've seen right. most of it. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Corey Feldman, um, we saw in stand by me and I'd already listed a bunch of films for him, but this film, I don't remember if I mentioned it in our stand by me episode license to drive. Nope. Never saw it. Okay. And I also don't remember if you said, it. okay. <laughs> all right. And then Carrie green was also in the following two movies, Lucas. Nope. Never saw okay. it. Okay. <laughs> that movie is adorable and summer rental 
Nope. Never saw it. Okay. Uh, Martha Plimpton was in this movie with Keanu Reeves. And I, again, I don't remember if I mentioned this movie when we watched the matrix, but she was in the film parenthood. Nope. Never saw it. Okay. That is such a good movie. It's a classic uh, Steve Martin, the movie's so great. All right. And then Kei Hui Kwan was in, and I think we already established that you have seen this movie, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes. He was the best character in that movie. Right. <laughs> Dr. Jones. Now, um, Sonia, we've been trying to find friends connections. And for anybody who's listening to us for the first time, um, we have discovered that every movie that we've watched so far is somehow connected to the television show Friends. So it is part of our mission on Nope Never Saw It to prove that Friends is the center of all things. I have two Friends connections for this film. Do you have any Friends connections? I had no idea. Okay. I am not looking them up because I want to know if I can just like do it. Oh, okay. In my own brain. So I haven't, I didn't look at like anyone's history or anything. Okay. I'm I, lazy. <laughs> no, you're not lazy. You're not lazy. I think it's better to be, if you can recall, but I, I did do a little digging. The my, One of my friend's connections I had a hunch about um, and I was right. And then another one I just discovered. So I'll share you with you the first one, the movie Rudy that starred Sean Astin also had John Favreau who played Monica's rich boyfriend, Pete Becker. Okay. So there's that connection. Now this other one, which I think, even though this might sound like kind of a stretch is actually really cool. So Cindy Lauper, who sings the theme song for the Goonies and is also featured in a music video that's playing on the television while Mikey and all the other boys are hanging out in the living room. Cindy Lauper was in an episode of Mad About You. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Kudrow guest starred on Mad About You, but as Phoebe's twin sister, Ursula, Ursula, right? Who's the terrible waitress in the show. And there is a Friends episode where the lead characters in Mad About You are have a cameo in Friends because they mistake Phoebe for Ursula, which tells us that Mad About You and Friends are all part of the same universe. Ergo, Cindy Lauper, who was in an episode of Mad About You, was part of the Friends Mm-hmm. She was in a couple because she was Ira's ex-wife. Oh, we yes. also just watched Mad About You. Oh, you did! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All my '90s shows. We're doing a lot of '90s. Oh, revisiting. that's amazing! I love it. So those are those are my friends' connections. I, excellent. I really like that second one. Right? I love it. I I love when I love the any shows that you know are movies that are in the same universe and have these little nods to each other. I think yeah. is really cool. Which which begs the question even though I'm using that term incorrectly in this context, but I mentioned before that there is a reference to gremlins in the Goonies. And I've never been quite sure if that's because in the universe of the Goonies, that whole gremlins thing actually happened, or if Chunk is referencing a fictional movie. Mm. I just don't know. It's a good question. Right. Are there like, similar writers on the two movies or producers or something yeah well chris columbus wrote both of the films oh duh so. that's what you said you brought yeah, that up before so. hi i was paying attention i promise <laughs> you never listen to me <laughs> um yeah so <clears throat> so i think it was like a little nod to to gremlins but i was never quite sure if he was trying to imply that they were part of the same universe or it was just sort of like a joke like haha well maybe chunk never actually <clears throat> lies you and know what? All of these <clears throat> things that he claims have happened really have happened to him. 
I think you make a really good point because think about all of the things that he does tell the other kids and they don't believe him, but they're all things that we've seen. So we know he's telling the truth. Huh? I think we've uncovered it. Oh, I'm really excited about this. All right. Well, before we get into this further, Sonia, in our last episode, when I told you we were watching The Goonies, I asked you to give me a plot summary of what you thought the movie was about. Are you ready to hear your plot summary as you said it word for word? Yes, I am. Here we go. There's like a bunch of boys, and I think that they are all friends, and I think that they call their friend group the Goonies. And they always say that Goonies never die, or Goonies don't die, or some some they have some like cute expression um and then i'm assuming some stuff happens to them and they have to navigate it and it's in the 80s Mm -hmm. these are all facts they are those are all facts (laughs) (laughs) well would you like to hear what the movie is additionally about yes i would okay here we go cue the music we really should have John read these. I was just like reading it in my head in like a deep movie voice, which is not what at all what my voice sounds like. It's not a okay. terrible idea. What'd you say? It's not a terrible idea. I know, seriously. Okay, here we go. Life hasn't always been easy in the goondocks, but the families living there make a good life for themselves. That is, until developers want to buy the land and force everyone out. For a group of young friends that call themselves the Goonies, this means it's time for one last adventure. They embark on a quest to find a hidden treasure that might just be what they need to save their homes. And during their journey, which is a perilous one, the Goonies know that all they need is each other to find the bravery they need. Because Goonies never say die. Oh, I love that. That's actually a really sweet plot summary. I tried. (laughs) So I I had mentioned that this movie came out in 1985. I was seven years old when the movie came out. And I definitely saw this in the movie theaters. Um, And as when I think back to the first time I saw it, the one very distinct memory that I have, and this is probably going to sound really random, is that Sean Astin looked exactly like this kid that I went to school with. Weird. His name was Mike. And for, I would say, I think for the entire movie in the back of my head, I was like, is Mike Weinberg an actor? (laughs) Is this a reality show? (laughs) What is happening? I didn't know he was in movies because I was seven years old, you know, but that to me, I could not wrap my brain around the fact that this was not the same person that I would go to school with, but he looked just like him. Um, I also thought Bran was super cute. Um, and I wanted to be just like Andy. We'll talk more about that later. Um, and I do remember that there were parts of the film that as a seven-year-old were actually really scary to me. Um, but, and, and I remember thinking that the journey to find the treasure felt like this very long, not drawn out, like I was bored, but it just felt like they had traveled such a far distance um, to find this treasure and, and stumble upon this pirate ship. Um, and, and it's interesting thinking about those impressions back then. And I've rewatched this film many, many times since that first viewing. Um, and now is like an adult watching it by myself, not, you know, with my son or with friends, um, it was it was a really different experience, and we'll get into that. But um, I I really I have prepared myself, as I said, <laughs> for, 
for your impressions of the movie and I'm ready, Sonia, bring it. Okay. <laughs> and I'm glad you've prepared yourself. Um, so I obviously have never seen this movie and certainly was um, not seeing it in the theater because I have never seen it, but also I would have been too. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably not appropriate for me to see <laughs> no. as a small child. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's funny to me because you were seven when you first saw it. And when I first saw it, I am 37. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so literally a 30 year age gap. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. I think if I had seen this movie when I was your age, I would have loved it. Yeah. Um, and I like, it kept parts about it kept reminding me of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, especially it being like this kind of group of like misfit kids. There's a group of siblings in it. There's like, some scandalous kissing and you're like oh my god I can't believe they're kissing um and they're you know on this journey through their backyard in that movie and in this movie um in a well basically Mm -hmm. um as a 37 year old however watching this movie for the first time I felt like I was being tortured Um, I would say by far, so far, this has been the hardest one to get through. And this is after having seen Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, it was just clearly like, this movie is for kids. (laughs) I'm an an adult. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and I, and like I said, this was the, the, this is probably the first time I've ever watched it by myself because it's not a movie that I would choose to watch on my own when I just feel like watching a movie um and and it really did and it's interesting Sonia because since we've started this podcast I have started to consider more and more how other people probably you in particular um are seeing things or or, are like are are taking in the film uh-huh. um, because I and I know we've talked about this and and especially with this film if you didn't see it when you probably should have seen it, it's not going to resonate with you. And I, and I think with this movie, because I saw it at a really young age and I saw it in the movie theaters, which was always such a fun experience for me when I was little, it was always really special to be able to go to the movies. Um, and uh, I, I think because of that, that feeling has carried over with every viewing. And even the the most recent viewing that I had of it before this one was a few years ago. Um, one of the one of the members of my gym did like an outdoor movie night and that was the movie that we watched. And it was just fun because you know we we were all hanging out in someone's backyard and it was a group of people together or drinking beers and having snacks and it was you know just a, like a communal event and I think that that you know fed into the nostalgia of watching the film because it was all people my age who saw the movie when they were kids um but I I absolutely agree if you didn't see it when you were a kid and you don't have that nostalgic Mm -hmm. connection to it um it's kind of and I hope people don't hate me for saying this it's kind of a hot mess yeah I (laughs) I would felt Well, what's the, what is the age range that you think is the target audience for this? For this movie? Mm -hmm. I would say that's a really good question. I mean, the, the boys in the film, I think are supposed to be like 12, Mm -hmm. 
years old, maybe I would imagine they're like sixth grade. Okay. Well, it's funny that you say that because, okay. So Sean and I both had this memory and he, Mm -hmm. this was also his first time watching this movie. And he, he was like, hate me so much. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) he he doesn't hate you, but he did hate this movie. Um, (laughs) But funny enough, we both had this exact same memory slash experience when we were in sixth grade they made us do this thing called day night where like they have all the sixth graders go and I guess you sleep at the school or you Mm -hmm. sleep in a tent outside but anyway one of the activities they had was they showed a movie and this was the movie okay and he and I both and like in the beginning like they started the movie and like everybody was in there and then after a while like certain people got up to go do something else And he and I were both in groups of people who got up and not in the same group in separate groups. Like he got up with his friends to go do something else. I got up with my friends to go do something else because we were Mm -hmm. just like not into what was happening. Yeah. So maybe, maybe even, I wonder if like you're even supposed to be younger because you're supposed to like look up to those kids and not necessarily relate to them. Yeah. I don't know. No, I agree. I mean, I was seven years old. So I, I mean, I was... I I, honestly, I can't even, I don't remember what grade that would have been for me. And I was like, what was that? Like second Second grade grade? maybe. Um, And I, and I loved it. I ate, I ate this movie up when I was seven. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think like really, really young kids and you know what? And it's interesting because I, I, I don't know if movies that were made for kids when I was a kid had that second layer that could appeal to adults yeah I agree like that like Shrek or um I don't know that's that's the first movie that I can think of or like the Madagascar movies you know like there there's there isn't any subtle adult humor in this at all you're right like it's purely for children Mm -hmm. I will say though what I enjoyed very much about the movie were there were two times where a character was sporting the sweatpants with shorts over them look. That's right. <laughs> we are now at two movies where that happened. I, I still think happy. that we should bring that look back. I think so too. Yeah. I think you and I should start doing it and be trendsetters. I think we should just go out, you know, shopping or just go, this will, we'll add this to our bucket list of mm-hmm. things to do. Um, All right. We'll, we'll go, we'll go, oh, Sonia. Yeah. Go to Woodbury Commons mm-hmm. wearing sweatpants with shorts. <laughs> I don't know that I'm signing up for that. <laughs> <laughs> How many drinks have I had first? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we should. I, oh, and we'll, we'll wear some Uggs with them. So okay. it'll, we'll like fancy them up a little bit. Okay. I don't, I don't own Uggs, so I might have to buy them Damn while it. we're All right. there. Well, but... we'll get them at Woodbury Commons. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, well, Bran is wearing them. Who else? Who else is sporting? In that the look? very beginning, there's like a scene where they are. They show like girls at a soccer practice, and Andy is wearing them too. Oh, she is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I never noticed that. I just always remember her wearing her cheerleading skirt. Yeah, which yeah. is way too short. But I mean, I guess short. they're always short. But cheerleading skirts are short. But but you usually just wear them when you cheerlead, not yeah. you know when you're hanging out. Yeah. And traveling through caves. To be fair, she didn't know that's what she was going to be doing. But true. come on, that's Andy. I have things to say about Andy. Sam. I, she annoyed me. Yeah, she's really <laughs> annoying. 
And it's funny because like I had mentioned before, when I, when I first saw this movie, when I was really, really young, I loved Andy, but there's something about the, I, I think as I've gotten older and maybe it's because, you know, as, as women, as we grow older, and again, I'm just talking out of my ass here, I'm speaking of my own experience, but I feel like, you know, as we grow older and we become more self-sufficient and assertive, for me, it really grates me when I see a female character who is just completely helpless mm-hmm. and, and for no reason, like the scene where she starts having um, some sort of breakdown and she's talking about like, do I have a beautiful body and I'm going to get old? And, and the whole time I'm like, why are you having a midlife crisis at 16 years old right now. I didn't understand where that was coming from. I just felt like she was being hysterical. Like granted, yeah, the situation they're in is a little nuts, but I just felt like her reaction to everything was over the top. Well, it makes sense. Cause when, I mean, when you first saw the movie, you were seven, she's 16, presumably around that age. Mm-hmm. So to you at that point, she was very mature. And right. Now, that's true. Yeah. She's very immature. Yeah. So it makes complete sense. But she did, I mean, she sort of had her her hero moment when she was playing the organ and getting them out of there. Except she also, like, ruined it because she was so, I don't know, like, just so whiny during like, the just, just play the notes. Yeah, I just mean. try. Like, <laughs> you're the only one that has this skill. So if you mess up, it's like, don't feel bad. No one else could even get one one of the things right right come on Andy come on Andy and and what what I thought was really funny was that you know Bran is all hung up on her and you know I've got a date with Andy Friday or Saturday night you know so don't blow this for me don't mess this up and he clearly you know wants to like be that protector for her but I don't know if you remember the part when they're in like when they take a pee break Mm -hmm. and then she decides she's gonna kiss him um, yep. And she's like, Bran, and, and then Bran is in the middle of his thing, and he turns to his brother and he goes, "Go see what she's ragging about, will you?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, you have not even been on a date with her yet, and you're already annoyed with her." <laughs> he was so weird because he was like super sweet sometimes, and then like a gigantic dick other times. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"What?" laughs> okay, but I guess that's what like a 16, 17 year old boy is. So sorry yeah. for any 16, 17 year old boys that are listening you are all probably very sweet and nice well I feel like but I feel like I I totally was I felt him there you know like because because she was you know in this viewing she was annoying me so much and when he said that I was like right yeah what is she ragging about (laughs) what is she ragging about oh my god I'd be so annoyed with her at this point so when else did you feel like he was being a dick or was it just that one time um Gosh, now I can't even remember, but I feel like there were like a couple of other times where like she was looking for his protection and he was just like, eh, I'm doing something else or like, right. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that is the only time. Yeah. I can't recall. I don't know. It just made me question what he saw in her other than the fact that she was really cute. And I think I even wrote in my notes, like, why, why does he like Andy? And then I thought, well, I get it. He's what, 16 years old and she's a pretty girl. And yeah. Okay. 
speaking of brand, it's funny because you asked when he, when else he was kind of a dick, but all I can think about are the moments where he's really sweet. Mm -hmm. And my favorite one I would say is when I forget what happens. I'm so good at watching movies, but, um, Mikey is like upset about something. He's outside on the porch and then he's like about to go back inside. And then Brand comes on the like the other yeah. side of the porch and he he's he like gives him a big hug and then they're walking back into the house and Mikey just goes completely limp and he's like dragging him, which you know is clearly like a brotherly thing that they do all the time. And I just thought that that was so sweet. I did too. I really loved the relationship that they had. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, having older siblings, granted, like I didn't beat up. My older siblings didn't beat me up. They, they tormented me psychologically and they know this and I know they're listening. Yeah, mine (laughs) too. That's what they do. You know what you did. (laughs) Part of their job, Sheila. I still think about the things you said to me. But, but aside from that, like they're, they're my two favorite people, you oh, know, for sure. Yeah. Right. Because, because even though they, they did the things that they did, um, I'm making it sound like they were these horrible, they're my, my brother and sister. The worst thing that they ever did probably was one time, this was back in the day when it was okay to leave your kids in the car. We're talking like, you know, early eighties mm-hmm. and my mom would bring all three of us grocery shopping. Um, and she would just leave us in the car while she went and got the groceries, but they were a little older. They were like five or six years older than me. So, yeah. Um, so their job was to watch me of course. and, and what they did once was they took off my shoes and they threw them out the window Aww. and wouldn't let me get them. And then oh. and I kept saying, I'm going to tell mommy when she gets back. And then as soon as I saw her coming back, they grabbed my shoes and put them back on. So my mom wouldn't believe me if I said anything. Well, like, that, And that's exactly the thing that they need to do. Like Sheila would tell me like, oh, the steam from your rice is God. You should bow down to it. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's just one of the things I can think of. You know what else there is, Sheila. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So I, you know, like as, as younger siblings, you and I get that relationship, you know, you have the older sibling or siblings that are going to assert their authority at times, but there's also, you also know that they've got your back. Yeah. You know, and they're your best friend. Like, yeah, they're your ride or die as the kids say. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Literally. The other question I had about this movie is why mm-hmm. does Mouth know so much Spanish? <laughs> I just assumed he was Spanish. Oh, I, don't, I guess I don't know. But his name is Clark, which isn't a Spanish name. I mean, or I shouldn't say that. I don't know if that's a Spanish name or not. It's not, it's not the first. I would when I think Clark, I think Superman, Superman, Christopher Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, it all comes back to Superman. It all comes back, circles back. Um, yeah, I, I just always assumed that his family was Spanish, but but maybe they're not. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the age if they're 12 or 13. I feel like that's the age that you like first are forced in school to learn a foreign language. But he was basically fluent and I mean I was impressed that was yeah. probably my favorite character trait of his and I also did enjoy how he kept saying like really messed up stuff to the housekeeper <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh 
<laughs> what was really sad was this time around, I was like, why is she buying all this crap? I can't believe she believes him. There isn't a single part of her that's like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, like, this, who is this child and why is he saying these things? This can't, this can't be right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in addition, so there were, I feel like, okay, we were just talking about how there's no, like, level of funniness for adults in the movie and it feels very much like a kid's movie and I completely agree with that except there were um three things four things that I found really funny Mm -hmm. so one was that where he was lying to the housekeeper Mm -hmm. um I also liked when the boys like made their like hand signal and they were like brand how far does that exercise thing stretch and then they (laughs) tied him up with it and then when his mom came back in the house he was like hollering at her to help him and she (laughs) just wouldn't help him (laughs) and then Rosalita's just like the the shopping bag breaks and she's just kicking it and laughing (laughs) (laughs) um I also liked when brand was riding the little girl's bike (laughs) he did a good job I was surprised like I felt like I feel like if I tried to ride a bike that was that much smaller than I was my legs would keep hitting the handlebars but he was like really making like making waves on there getting getting down that hill fast and yeah he was he was um and then I also enjoyed when Chunk gets free and then he's like out on the road flagging down a car and then it ends up being one of the Fratellis and they mm-hmm. put him in the trunk and he's reunited with his like dead guy friend from the oh, right, freezer, from the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Poor those chunk. moments did make me laugh I like that what I like about that scene is the shot of um the one Fratelli brother in the front seat the one who escaped from prison I don't remember the the names Mm -hmm. of um the individual brothers and he's just singing and then we see the other one Joe Joey pants wrestling with chunk in the back (laughs) oh I didn't notice that (laughs) oh yeah he's like trying to get he's like fighting him trying to get him into the trunk And, and chunk is putting up a fight like like no joke putting up a fight that part always cracks me up I one thing I will say um is that despite how I mean the the story itself felt disjointed at times Mm -hmm. but I did think that the way the film was shot especially the lighting I thought was really beautifully done like the like when they're in the attic looking at all of the artifacts from the museum um, when they're in the, the restaurant, um, and we, and it's, and it's dark inside, but there's the light that's breaking in through the cracks in the wood. Um, I just felt like there were so many moments where, where the cinematography was actually really, really beautiful. Oh, and one of my favorites is when they discover the wishing well, and that, that stream of water is falling in front of them. Um, and then I think Mikey is the first one to walk through. I, I just thought that there were, there were moments in the film that were really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But um, as, as we get older and we become more critical viewers, you know, there are things that um, stand out a little bit more. Like there's the scene after, it's right when the two um, real estate developers, who I'm assuming they are, one of them is Troy's father come to the house and and they're like is your mommy home and Mm -hmm. Brand's like no she's buying pampers for all us kids and then there's (laughs) this like really quick cut to those two men talking about the the development um but the 
but that scene is like three seconds and it's like a quick snippet of their conversation and then it cuts back to something else and I've always felt like there was obviously a lot more to that scene. I mean, the movie itself, it runs what, I think an hour and 55 minutes, Mm -hmm. which I think, I feel like for when it came out was, you know, above the norm. I, you know, when I was, when I was growing up, I think like movies standard were maybe 90 minutes. Well, and especially for like an actual kids movie, like kids don't have an attention span. Like I barely could get through it. I mean, I guess for a lot of reasons. But. I think that yeah, I don't think it was your attention span. <laughs> but there were, but there were, but there were moments that that felt a little, and a little sloppy to me. And and that was one of them, and that stood out. And and I feel like there were there were other hole, not holes in the plot, but things that I would have liked to see develop more. But then we're talking about adding what like another 15, 20 minutes to the oh, film. God. You know, like we that get done a, me and Gina. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean like we get like we get the general sense of who the Goonies are. And I actually looked it up because I you know I just wanted to make sure that I was correct in where the term Goonies comes from. Mm-hmm. Um and it does come because the because they live in what's called the Goondocks neighborhood, which is the poorer yep working class side of Astoria, Oregon. So that's why they call themselves the Goonies. So we have that, you know, that clash of, um, of, of neighborhoods basically where you have the poor versus the rich. Mm-hmm. So a little of that is playing into it, which, which kind of helps explain when I think about it now, why Brand being able to go out with Andy is such a big deal because she's yeah. clearly not a Goonie. And she even says that at one point, I'm not a Goonie, mm-hmm. you know, like she's part of the upper class country club yep. set. I wish that there was a little bit more of that. Like I would have liked to have seen more of whatever that scene was between those two men. You needed the prequel. I needed the prequel mm-hmm. or I need the director's cut, mm-hmm. you know, like is I, there I, one? I don't know. <laughs> Hello, anybody? <laughs> Does anyone know? Does anyone have the director's cut? Can we see it? I agree. I think I with a lot of what you said, it it did feel disjointed. And I feel like, you know, it, there's a lot of child actors in the movie and, you, you know, there's not the type of like perfection or precision with child actors, I think. Um, and I, I think actually now maybe there is more. I just feel like the industry probably has changed Um, but like I kept, it it would drive me crazy when like all of them were talking at the same time. And I was Mm -hmm. like, like, that's what happens in real life. And I understand that you're trying to replicate real life, but I don't know what you're trying to talk about. Like, this is distracting me. (laughs) You know, it's funny that you say it because this was the first time where I noticed that. Oh, so funny. And it was, and it was, and it was making me like anxious Mm -hmm. because I, and I think I even wrote in my notes somewhere that there's, it, I never realized like how, and I think I used the word intense, but I don't think that's the right word, but there's definitely a lot of, um, like you said, like talking over each other. There's a lot of loud talking mm-hmm. and fast talking. Um, and, and it just, and it, for some reason, this particular viewing, it was, it was too much for me. Yeah. Um, but as a child, I guess it didn't bother me because maybe that's what I was used to and it felt very real. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, and maybe it is real. And, and, you know, when we watch movies, we want an escape, but, but yeah, there was, um, 
there, there was a lot of that. And, and that was, uh, yeah, I, I had, I had a hard time with that this time around. Yeah. It's just very, it's just a very different viewing experience. Yeah. What were some um, other things? I think, I mean, that's kind of it. Like I just, <laughs> I didn't have much cause I kept, kind of looking at my phone <laughs> oh no I know I know it's just you know it's not and I don't think it's you know it's I think I don't think it's a signal necessarily of the movie I think it's that it's an adult watching a kid's movie for the first time and also not just an adult watching a kid's movie for the first time an adult who actively does not like movies <laughs> watching a kid's movie for the first time <laughs> that's a lethal combination yeah yeah Oh, but I guess I will say one thing. This is not really related to the movie, but mm-hmm. um, I couldn't find a friend's connection, but I did find a connection to a previous movie, um, which I'm sure you, I mean, obviously we watched Stand By Me. I almost said The Stand. <laughs> Different movie. <laughs> um, we watched Stand By Me, which starred uh, Corey Feldman also. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was obviously in this movie as well, but Martha Plimpton used to date River Phoenix. So I found that kind of fascinating um, because also I was thinking about how Corey Feldman and River Phoenix were peers when really they're not the same age. Um, but to me, like in, especially in this movie, like the difference between Corey Feldman and Martha Plimpton's ages felt so d- different, even though really... Mm-hmm. In reality, it's probably four years, but a 12-year-old versus a 16-year-old is like night and day. Right. Um, so I just kept thinking about that. And I was like, she seems really mature to date him. But again, obviously, it's 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 different. But Yeah. And that brings me to a question. At the mm-hmm. end of the movie, when they're on the beach, and we know that Mouth and... Um, uh, Martha, uh, Steph are yep. like at each other's throats the whole entire time. And then at the end, they have this moment on the beach that seemed a little intimate, romantical. Yeah. There was something romantical about it. <laughs> and, you know, when I was seven years old, I thought, oh, that's really sweet. But now I'm watching it. I'm like, um, what, what is happening? She's well, letting a 12 the... year old hit on her. Well, I mean, I mean, what was even the point of it? Like, no one wants them together. Like, yeah. it just felt totally random. Like, I feel like if it hadn't been him putting his arm around her and don't their foreheads touch mm-hmm. and him talking They look to like her, they're going to kiss. They yeah. look like they're going to kiss. But if it was just sort of like a, hey, I know we were picking on each other, but we're friends now, right? You know, yeah. that would be okay. Also, another thing that I thought was a little cringy in that same scene after you know they've 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 been discovered they reunite with their families andy pulls mikey aside but then we also have andy like french kisses mikey and doesn't even realize that she didn't kiss brand which how is that even i mean i i guess they tried to explain it by her saying like watch out i think that brand was just standing in a hole right yeah but braces no you idiot you would know like if this was a boy that you really liked and were like obsessed with you would know if he had or didn't have braces right yeah um so 
knowing that context, then remember at that, that scene on the beach and she pulls Mikey aside and she gives him this little speech about like, you're a great kid. I, I mean, person. And, you know, if you, if you keep kissing girls, the way you do the parts of you that don't work, will catch up to the ones that do all like, first of all, what? Second of all, then it cuts to Mikey's parents giving this like admiring awe, like, wasn't that sweet look isn't the mom at any point horrified that the 16 year old girl made out with her 12 year old son I mean maybe they didn't understand what she was saying exactly I don't know I don't know ew I didn't really think about that because I was just so glad the movie was ending (laughs) I'm like surely this is the end (laughs) maybe over now right I just found them and I I don't think like I'm I'm imagining if you know my if when Brian were 12 and I see this 16 year old girl having this conversation with him I don't think that is the expression I would have on my face yeah I I think that my my reaction would be a little different I probably wouldn't say anything but I'd be like I I wouldn't be like oh how sweet step away from the duck Um, what did you think of Sloth? I was sort of confused about Sloth because I didn't understand if like they were trying to go in like a supernatural way and like he was meant and I wasn't sure if he was meant to be a person or like a mythical creature. Mm-hmm. And then I was a little disappointed when he was a person um, only because like, I don't know. I feel like that was like, <laughs> I mean, that's one of those things that wouldn't fly today. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Here's a disfigured Yeah, well, I mean, and not to say that they're, you know, like people look different. I just, it felt like, it, I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was one of those things I'd probably file under, like that's slightly too moderately, too incredibly um, problematic. But Overall, I feel like Sloth, like, was a big part of, he he kind of felt like a minor character, but he was a big part of the story. Yeah. And he ultimately was the one who saved the day and, and kept, like, got them out of there and, and also saved his family, even though his family treated him so badly. Right. Yeah. I was a big fan. Yeah. I love, I love Sloth. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, what you said before about him being a minor character, but actually being really important to the story, it, it kind of triggers for me, um, sort of connected to what I was saying before. Um, and even when I had mentioned the first time I saw the movie, I felt like the journey that they embarked on from the moment they um, crawl down into the fireplace to finding the ship just felt like this very long and perilous and um, action filled journey. But, and, and I imagine them traveling when I was really little, I guess I had imagined them traveling for miles and miles and miles. But when I was watching it this time, it didn't seem like they traveled very far at all. Yeah. You know, Mm-hmm. like um, to the point where I thought so this pirate ship was basically 
in these rocks on the beach by their town or and I maybe maybe and maybe the film just didn't um maybe there should have just been a little bit more about the geography of the town or, well, or something. I, think, I, I feel like that's you as an adult watching the movie. Cause as a kid, like you can go on a pretty short trip and it feels really long. Yeah. And like you, you know, they've, they encountered a lot of things during their journey. Um, so even if they only traveled like a mile or something, it probably felt very long. Yeah. I will say too, I feel like even though I didn't enjoy watching this film, um, I think I would have had a lot of fun being in it because there's like a lot of like climbing around and like action, like getting thrown in the water and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like it would have been fun, like kind of like, um, you know, being at like a water park or something. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you say that because I felt the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> like... Normally, I and I remember like any other time I've watched this movie and we get to the water slide scene, I remember always thinking like, oh my God, that looks like so much fun. But now as an adult, I hate water slides mm. so much. And it might be because there, there, like, there was one time a few years ago, I went on this water slide and it was one of those really steep ones, but I didn't uh-huh. realize like how steep and fast it was. And you, have you ever been on one of those? And then like your bathing suit goes like all the way into your uh, crack. <laughs> I guess I have not. And then, and then there was another time a few summers ago, I went on a water slide and it was what, it wasn't like a steep one, but it was like a big fun twisty one. And then when I, when I like reached the end of it and flew into the water, I hit the back of my head on the ledge. And I think I might've like been mildly concussed because I was very dizzy for the rest of the day. Oh yeah. So now I do not like water slides. And when I was watching that scene this time, all I kept thinking was, this would terrify me. I would never, if like, only would I do this if I was getting paid a lot of money. I have to imagine <laughs> for that scene though, it was like stunt people. I think so. Yeah. I think the, I think the shots from behind, mm-hmm. I would imagine were stunt people, but then you do have the ones where the camera's in front of them. Yeah. So, but I'm wondering like how, how intense the water slide was for them. But based on what I've read about the making of the film I, and you know, not that there were any specifics on that that I found, but it seems like these these actors just had a blast. Yeah. Well, they were probably for those, I bet there was like a close-up shot and they had some like simulated slide. Mm-hmm. So they weren't actually going down a slide or anything. I don't know. Like this was the 80s. I don't know how much of that technology they would have had. That's that a good question. Yeah, right. I yeah. feel like they were they were legit on some kind of a slide, but maybe not just rolling around and going backwards like we saw in those other shots where we can't see their faces as well. I would imagine those were stunt people. Yes, we'll never know. We'll never know. Did you know that there is a deleted scene with an octopus? No, but at some point data references the octopus. Yeah. So. Yeah, at the at the end of the beach, he says the scariest part was the octopus. And there was originally a scene where when they um, find the pirate ship, there um, is an octopus that they have to fight off. And I watched it. I found it online. Um, and I think that 
it was probably a good idea that they didn't include it in the movie. At least I'm saying this as a 43 year old, maybe as mm-hmm. a seven year old, I would have thought it was fantastic. Would you like to know what happens? <laughs> um, yes, but I need to preface this by I'm scared of octopi. Oh, okay. So you will not, this will not scare you at all. Okay. So it starts off with, with mouth and Steph arguing. And then Steph thinks that mouth is like, pushing her or something and she keeps telling him to stop and he's like I'm not doing anything and then we find out it's this octopus and this octopus sort of emerges from the water and then data quote-unquote fights it off do you know what he does what he gets out his walkman Uh and plays a song and then Uh the octopus dances away oh what (laughs) song and how does he dance the song is called I think like eight arms out or something like that and it was a song I believe that was I'm I'm probably getting the title of the song wrong and I think it was written for the movie yeah um and then that scene was ultimately cut is it just like wiggling away it just you just see it sort of like bobbing backwards away okay as long as there's no like tentacles thrashing I would have been okay yeah, I don't, I don't recall any tentacles thrashing, but I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't, I wasn't seeing it as you would see it. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, but that was, that was the scene. It is in the novelization of the Goonies, which I read when I was in elementary school. Oh, sure. And I remember, and I remember thinking, I don't remember this scene in the movie. (laughs) What is this octopus? (laughs) Octopus. Well, are you ready for categories? Okay, let's get into the categories. Okay. Do you I think I'm us, going first this time. You are going first this time. Do you want to give us a point recap? I actually do, but I also don't. So our cumulative total is 18, but what I don't want to recap is that we scored <laughs> a big fat zero points. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, during the There's Something About Mary episode. <sighs> So we're at 18. Uh, if we are able to score at least two points here, which I kind of feel is a possibility. Okay. I'm just putting it out there. All right. Um, I'm trying to think positively here. I love then it. Then I will get to pick the movie next time. But if not, it's all you, girl. Okay. I have a movie ready to go just in case. I'm a little nervous. I, you know, and it's interesting because in our last episode, by the time we got to the categories, I was pretty confident that we were not going to get any points. Mm-hmm. And this time, I, I don't know. I feel like it could go either way, but I do as, as with you, I have, I have this like feeling in my belly, like it might be the daiquiri, but it also might be, you know, the universe telling me that this is the day. Or just hope. hope yeah. Hope in our hearts. Hope in okay. our hearts. All right. So starting with favorite character, I chose Sloth. Oh, <laughs> I did. Oh man, I thought you were going to say, Damn when it. you said I love Sloth, I was like, I did totally love Sloth, got that one. But, but yeah. Okay. So why did you love Sloth? Well, as I said before, he just, he was there. He saved everybody. He just wanted someone to love him and he was hilarious and adorable. And I think one of my favorite moments in the whole movie was when they're on the, the all the kids are on the pirate ship it's the end there's no way out and then all of a sudden they hear his hey you guys and he comes in and he saves them yeah yeah and and i and i do agree i like that you 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 also brought up that even though his family is so terrible to him he saves them too yeah like when they're coming out of the water at the end onto the beach like mm-hmm. his his like mom is holding his arm i was like he's such a sweet sweet boy yeah oh you're right Oh, well, I didn't pick Sloth. I picked Brand. Mm. And I did because of the things that we talked about earlier. Because I, I really like, you know, we talked about 
relationships with siblings. And I, and I really love that relationship between Brandon Mikey. And, and I think that, and, and I like that he, he's able to, you know, transition from that authority figure um, to friend, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, and, and I do think of that scene that you mentioned earlier um, where Mikey's out on the porch and then Brand comes out and, th- and they've just like been sort of like nagging each other a little bit. And then Brand comes out and just gives him a hug. Cause he knows how hard this is, you know? So even though, even though he's older and they're seeing the world differently, like they're still the same, you know, they're still coming from that same place. And I just think that, and, and even throughout the whole movie, I think most of his, most of the choices that he makes are, for you know in in his brother's best interest yeah I agree know with that. um and I and I think that that's really really sweet so that was why I picked him as my favorite character that was a good choice thank you so was sloth thank you we both picked we both picked the nice guys we did yeah, yeah. okay worst character so when about maybe like halfway through the movie, I thought Steph was going to be my worst character, but then, but then I understood because she had lost her glasses. And as someone else who would have, who, if I lost my glasses and I could not see, I would also be complaining every five seconds because it is really <laughs> traumatizing to not be able to see. Mm-hmm. Um so my worst actual character, because they were just so annoying the whole time, Andy. Okay. I actually didn't pick Andy. Ah. <laughs> uh, tell me more. Or do you have, you have more to say about Andy? I mean, we kind of talked, I just, I, we kind of talked about it. She just was like pretty irritating the whole time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I will be touching I will be talking more about Andy in another category, actually in a couple more categories. Um, I picked as my least favorite character, Troy, because, and this is what I wrote in my notes. He's just a dick for the sake of being a dick. Um, And there are a couple of things that really bothered me in this viewing. And, And again, this is now me as an adult, the scene where he like anchors Brandon to his car on that Mm -hmm. tricycle and then speeds and then lets go of him and Brand goes off of the road. Honestly, like Brand, if this really happened, Brand would have died. Yeah. Or ended up in the hospital in a coma. And that's like so mad. And I get it, it's a movie and it's a kid's movie. But this time around, I was like, that's not even remotely okay. Mm -hmm. Also, um when when he discovers Andy in the well, I mean, aside from the fact that he's kind of a show, not kind of, but he's a total chauvinist and only wants one thing. Yep. Um, he finds her in the well and then he, and again, like, to be fair, there's nothing in the film to suggest what happens afterwards, but when she just sends back his sweater, you know, and he screams, Andy, you goonie, is there at any point, would he even think to call the cops or anybody and say, hey, there's a bunch of kids that were in this well. I don't know what's happening. Maybe someone should look into this. You know, like we don't know. So there's nothing, um, there's nothing redeeming about him. Like when, 
when we watched the karate kid and we talked about Johnny Mm -hmm. and how he's such a jerk in the whole movie, but at the end he does turn things around, even though it's in like the last three or four minutes of the movie. If that, at least he, he has this moment of redemption, but Troy doesn't have that at all. Even to the bitter end, you know, when they're, when they're on the beach and he's behind his dad and he's like, yeah, you've got to sign this, you know? Um, it's just, it's just, again, it's like, I, I just don't have, I, I can't stomach like the needless anger. Yeah. You know? So he's that just was a why. bully. That's Yeah. He's just a bully for being a bully and there's no, and there's no like dimension to his character or depth. We don't, you know, I don't know. So he was my least favorite. Okay. Yeah. It's all fair. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, okay, we both picked the nice guys. We basically picked a couple I know it's no points, but in my heart, it's points. I know, right? Yeah, I feel like I'm because I'm I'm totally feeling all of your answers, even mm-hmm. though they're not mine. Yeah, and I take back that I think we're gonna score points. I know, right? I don't know. I was <laughs> you okay. Us. Well, you we've we've us. got a few more categories That's to true. go. So okay, okay. Least convincing performance. Now, although I loved this character and found him delightful, and I think he was wearing the best outfit in the entire movie. I'm gonna go with Jeff Cohen as Chunk. Really? Okay. He just would like yell all of his lines, <laughs> like <laughs> just everything. There was no like in- intonation in his words, and <laughs> he just. I mean, I and I don't think that this actor has gone on to do much else. <laughs> No, he's a he's an attorney now. He's a lawyer. Yeah, mm-hmm. because not a good actor. <laughs> I guess, you know. You know, it's interesting because when I when I was looking up, you know, facts and and behind the scenes stuff about the film, most of what I found was about him, which I thought was really interesting. Like, can I share some of the things that I found? Yeah, of course. So, so um the last scene on the beach, they actually and even in the whole film there a lot of the extras were crew members or family members so the mm-hmm. mom chunk's mom at the end of the movie was jeff cohen's actual mom yep um, giving him the pizza here's your yeah, favorite pizza. pizza right oh i love you mom I and mean, that's <laughs> and that actually makes it even more adorable to me yeah. that was his real mom i thought I that agree. was so cute um the scene with the truffle shuffle uh well first of all i read that the director Richard Donner actually felt really horribly about that scene. Um, but um, Chunk, the the actor, uh, he actually had the chicken pox. So he was really concerned about having to lift up his shirt. Oh, pumpkin. I know, right? And then do you remember the scene where he's where he's t- where he's like, oh, I feel so depressed, and he gets the can of whipped cream and eats mm-hmm. them. Apparently he got really sick because he ate too much whipped cream. Oh, honey. <laughs> I know. And when and when you think about it, there's so he eats there's so many scenes where he's just eating. Yeah. Um, and then this one, I this one, I, I don't know how to feel about this one. So the scene where he's being interrogated by the Fratelli brothers, apparently he was legit crying. Because, and, and what I read was he wasn't sure which of them it was, but he thinks it was Joe Pantolino, um, Pantoliano, I, I can't say his name, Joey Pants, I'm just saying yeah, Joey Pants, was, the best. Pulling, was pulling like tiny hairs out from the back of his neck and that was making him cry. 
That's not very nice. And I don't know if they were doing that just to like get him to emote, but, um, and I, and it was interesting, like I'm reading all these things and I'm like, man, like they really, like he went through a lot for this role. Well, um, maybe he's not acting not because of his, his inability to act, but because it was so traumatizing. Right. Yeah. Because did he do anything after this? When I looked him up, there wasn't anything on IMDb that sounded, I, I, there were like a couple of minor roles. Yeah, I saw, I saw that too, like some small, like nothing I can think of off the top right. of my head, which makes me think that he just did like independent projects. Yeah, like more television based mm-hmm. stuff. But you know what else his character made me think of? It made me think of Stand By Me and Vern. And, and I'm wondering if this was a trope in, in 80s films or if it even still is today where you have the quote unquote overweight friend. The, but, and it's interesting in both of those films that that's the character that gets abused by all of the friends. And, and again, I don't know if abuse is, this, is the right word, but like the whole truffle shuffle thing. And mm-hmm. um, he's the one that always gets yelled at. Nobody believes anything that he says. Although I like your theory that he's always telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that makes me kind of want to rewatch the movie. <laughs> Just yeah, maybe that I know you won't rewatch it, but uh, you, you, you do it and you report back to me. Thanks. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that, uh, yeah, I just it just kind of made me think about that and and how that connection between these two films where we have like this group of friends and then the one friend that seems to be sort of like the punching bag for everybody else happens to be the one that's heavier than everybody else. And, yeah. and why is that? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Who is um, yours? So I picked Carrie Green as Andy. Uh-huh. And I and I think it's because part of it might be because she was my second least favorite character. Um, and and I don't know how much of this is just um, I don't know how much of this is the screenplay or maybe there were things that were cut out that would have helped shape her character a little bit more. Um, but I, I I wrote my notes just like Troy is a dick for the sake of being a dick. I feel like Andy is helpless and fearful and kind of dumb just mm-hmm. for the sake of being that like that's all her character is um and I and I and I don't know and I guess like I would have liked to have seen her character have a little bit more agency yeah because that would help explain to me why Brand would like her so much even though I get he's a teenage boy she's a rich girl he's a poor kid this is very exciting she's cute but I don't know. I, I just felt like I, I, her character just like annoyed me the whole time. And even the scene where she's playing the, the bones, mm-hmm. I, I wish that they had, they had her play it where she was. And I don't mean play the bones, but I mean like play that scene where she, you know, had some confidence in herself I agree. of kind of whining through it. I know, like, even when if she wasn't sure to just be like, all right, guys, I don't know that this is going to be it, but I'm going to try it. Like, if she was just like, ah, what is oh, it? Yeah. Yeah. She was just hysterical the whole time. It and, it, really... and it was, it, it just, I don't know. I agree. <laughs> it just, I just couldn't. <laughs> um, okay best performance my answer is so random okay Uh (laughs) uh-oh 
I chose Ted Grossman, and he played the dead FBI guy <laughs> who is in the freezer and then later in the in the trunk of the car because I mean he had he had no lines. He was on screen for maybe five minutes total. He had me cracking up. Like when he's falling all over Chunk in the freezer, he made, you know, I know he's supposed to be dead, but he's like making eye contact with him. And then just like the way that he's like using his body to fall into him, it like, it, I could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like he was, had no lines had no ability to really do anything but he just he just like totally delivered on like freaking this kid out and being this body that just like wouldn't stop falling on him and then I I mean I thought that scene was brilliant and then to be reunited with him later Chunk gets thrown into the car and again his face is just like looking right oh my god God, I love your answer so much I did not have the same answer. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I really think I we're going to go like five episodes without getting any points. All right. I picked for best performance, Sean Astin as Mikey. And I, <laughs> the look on your face. Really? Really, Gina? <laughs> Come on. Okay. You know why? Because his character is the center of the film. And mm-hmm. He was probably maybe 13, 14 years old when the film was shot. And what I what I liked about his performance was that I thought he did a good job overall of being able to shift from the um, from child to adult and not adult like you know, but like there were, there were just moments where he, where he was able to show some maturity, Mm -hmm. um, and some agency and be able to make decisions and, and be very, um, you know, motivated and focused on this goal. And, and I thought that he carried that off really well. I also read that, um, the, the backstory that he shares on about One-Eyed Willie when they're in the attic, that was unscripted. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. So apparently um, the director had just given him some basic plot points and was like, okay, it's just tell a story. And and so like little things like that, I thought to, for a, a child, essentially. Yeah, that's, Im- that's impressive. To right, be able to be to able do to do, I, I, thought, I thought was really... I thought was really impressive. Um, and I, I thought that I, you know, this time around, like I, there were just moments in the film where I was like, wow, that was, that was really good. Like he carried that scene off really well. Was it like that all the time? No, but, <laughs> but I feel like of, you know, for, for having the role that he did at the age that he did in this movie, I thought that, I thought that he pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting segue to my "you lost me" at. Oh no! <laughs> I just thought the acting is so bad in this whole <laughs> like. It's aside from Ted Grossman, <laughs> I was not super impressed with anybody. I I do think Corey Feldman did a good job, mm-hmm. um, and I think especially given that he had to. Like he had all of those lines in Spanish in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was quite impressive to do at a young age. Uh, 
presuming he's not actually that the actor is not um fluent in spanish but i just i mean it's kind of like i maybe was obsessing about the thing where like they were all talking over each other and i was like that felt to me very much like they were you know they're not good actors because they're kids and for many of them this is their first acting like real acting opportunity and that comes over time but Mm -hmm. oh man it was (laughs) it was hard to get through so your answer was acting the act all the acting you lost me at how (laughs) yeah like how bad the acting is oh my gosh I actually had two you lost me at okay and since since none of and since none of them match yours Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you both of them because I felt equally about both my first one, and this is like something super nitpicky as, as a musician, mm-hmm. the music on the back of the map is individual notes, but Andy is playing chords. That's a good point. That has, I mean, it didn't bother me when I was seven, but it really, it's always, I've always been like, but that's not, that's not what it says on the, it's, that's not what it says on the sheet music. It's notes. It's not chords. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was, um, and I understand that in, in all movies and especially a movie like this, an adventure movie, you have to suspend your disbelief, but I couldn't help but question this time around, how did One-Eye Willie manage to set all of these booby traps and, and not just like set the booby traps, but find boulders that are the same shape and size. Where did he get the, the tools and the resources? Where did he get all the chains to hang the boulders? Where did he, you know, and like, how did he, where did these water slides come from? Did he make them? Did he dig the tunnels or did they just happen to be there from like erosion? I don't know. It was, um, like I just had, for some reason this time around, I was, I was really nitpicky about that. I just didn't, um, I, I just couldn't figure out I, I, for whatever reason. And, and also, okay, I'm just going to throw a bunch of things out now. Cause now I'm on a tear. Um, Get it, girl. like how, how has nobody found this pirate ship? Well, I mean, and I agree with that because I feel like it wasn't like they were that much smarter than everybody else or like there was something like really unique to what the clues were that they were able to find it. Like any person with some, you know, ability of music, music reading, that's not what I'm trying to say, any Mm -hmm. musical ability probably could have gotten past that point anybody who knew like a little bit of spanish could have read the map like it it does seem weird that they are the first ones to ever be able to do this i agree with that and and why would chester copperpot go by himself he was a loner but i'm okay i don't know i just (laughs) and why does he have his wallet with him (laughs) and cash (laughs) because what if he gets pulled over by a cop on the way that's true Mm-hmm. That's or true. like needs to buy some supplies. It is Chester Copper. He's just very pra- He's very practical. Yeah, I guess so. I but they, I, I just I don't know. I I I didn't buy into nobody like this one person trying and then disappearing and nobody else ever, you know, making an attempt to find it. Or maybe other people did and they just didn't make it. Um, and also like, and, and, and the, again, with the booby traps, how did one-eyed Willie build an organ out of bones? 
I mean, there's, there's more involved to a musical instrument, especially an organ than, all right, I know, and I know, I know I'm just getting like super nitpicky. I think it's because I finished my daiquiri, my double daiquiri, and, and now I'm just, and I almost feel, Sonia, I'm just going to say it, like, I feel really bad saying these things about this movie because this movie is a staple of my childhood. It's okay, but I'm, I'm just letting all these things out and I feel like I'm going to get a lot of hate for it. Mm-mm. Okay. I mean, not for me. I'm okay. the one that was like, I could barely watch this. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. All right. Well, you, to, to flip it to a positive note here, mm-hmm. you had me at, I loved in the end, the scene on the beach when Chunk said to Sloth, you're going to come live with me. Because I love you and we're friends. And Sloth, as you know, was my favorite. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted him to have a happy ending because all he wanted was a friend. And he had one. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm -hmm. We did not get a point. Damn it. (laughs) I know. I, my, you had me at was Data's gadgets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know why? I, I, it's because they don't always work. Yeah. And, and I, I love that his dad also had gadgets. I know, right? I just, I love that. I love that he has, first of all, I, I just love the idea of, of a young kid, like being so inventive and creating these gadgets, like, like, like inspector gadget and just carrying them around with him all the time. But I also love that they fail. Um, I think that there's something really endearing about that. And, and, and like how frustrated he gets when they don't work or like the one time when he got like frustrated and he was like, oh, Data. <laughs> I know. Like, he was really cute. Data was really cute. So, yeah. So that was my you had me at. All right. Okay. Favorite line. Oh boy. St- I'm still on the beach here with this one. Oh, my and- God. Mine's on the beach, too. <gasps> oh, my God. Could you? Could, I'm really could excited. This, could this be? Could I we feel, be inching closer? I have a very good feeling about this. I don't know. I'm scared. All right. Okay. Just say it. So we talked about the scene already. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is between Steph. Oh. <sighs> All right. Just say it. Steph and Mal. Well, now I don't care. Damn now it. I hate. Now I hate. Now it's my <laughs> least favorite line. But I like when he says, "Your looks are kind of pretty when your face isn't screwing it up." <laughs> Which I really hope one day Sean says to me. Oh, <laughs> that is a good line. My favorite line was also from the beach, but mm-hmm. it, it's between Data and his dad. Oh, when his father tried to take the picture and it didn't work. And then Data says, that's okay, dad, you can't hug a photograph. And then his dad says, you are my greatest invention. I miss that. <laughs> Were you looking at your phone? <laughs> probably, or I probably like left the room or something. Oh, so yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, that's really sweet. I'm getting like a little teary-eyed. I almost cried when I said it. I just love, I love that moment so much. It is so sweet and it is so heartfelt. And it's just, it's just this beautiful moment. And and I think because I think part of it is because we see data with all of these little gadgets and inventions and and things and then when his dad has the camera that pops out you're like oh this is why this is why he does this and it's just so sweet like that just that line you can't it's okay you can't hug a photograph and you're my greatest invention oh 
I know. Well, and like clearly, like Data, like is doing it to impress his dad, and like you know, he sees his dad staying up late at night, like tinkering with these things. And Data's like, "I'm gonna do it too," and he feels badly when his inventions don't work. So then, when his dad does has one that doesn't work, he's like, "It's cool, Dad. I've been there." And then his dad is like, "None of this matters. You are my favorite invention." Yeah, that's really sweet, right? Well. Okay. Well, sorry, folks. (laughs) We're at a big zero again. Uh, And I'm sorry that I that I'm hating on this movie as much as I am. I still, I will say this. I still stand by this film as a as a wonderful kids film. It still holds a special place in my heart. And I think if I were to sit down with other people and we watched it together, I would enjoy it. You know, if I have grandkids, I will sit with my grandkids and I will make them watch this movie with me. Um, I, I, I do think that it is special, but I, I think, and, and I think that maybe because I was watching it as a 43 year old by myself, that sounds really depressing because Brian was with his dad and, and Lee's traveling. So otherwise I don't Has watch Brian seen this movie. He has seen this movie. Does he like it? That's a good question. I know I showed it to him when he was little. I feel like, you know what? We were going to watch it together, but then he got really tired and went to bed. Because he was like, this movie sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's possible. I could could see him because he doesn't like ever want to say anything that would make me sad. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't like the movie, but didn't want to make me sad. And then was like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm going <gonna laughs> we'll to take a shower We'll be like, Brian, we need to know the truth. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> what did you really think? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, but I, I'm, and I'm wondering if because, because of the circumstances under which I was watching it, I, and, you know, because I'm watching it for this podcast and I'm thinking about how you might react to it. I think I, I was a lot more. Um, I was scrutinizing it a lot more than I normally would. Yeah, um, but makes sense. yeah, but this definitely isn't. This is not my go-to movie when I feel like watching a movie and vegging out. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it is still special to me, even though, um, you know, <laughs> even though okay. I, I I will I will I will concede that it is not the greatest film ever made. Okay then. <laughs> What have you got for us next? Well, Sonia, I, as you know, I, I recently sent you a list of films um, and you might have noticed that they all were, they all fell under the same genre. Did you pick up on that? Sports. Yes. Cause okay. I wanted to throw a sports movie in there. Okay. Um, and I was really excited that there were, that there were some of them that you had not seen. I was very proud that there were some of those movies that you had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them, which is one of my favorite sports films of all time that I have chosen for our next episode. And that movie is, are you ready? Drum roll, please. Major league. Okay. Uh, so well, I know it's, I know it's about baseball just because it's called Major League. I have to assume it's about a team, a baseball team, and they are probably not very good. Um, Either they're not very good or they're really good. (laughs) It's going to be one (laughs) or the other. I'm going to go with they're not very good. And they somehow, by some miracle, get into 
like the playoffs. And then they maybe they have like one good player and then it's just going to be about their playoff journey. Okay. That's actually not too bad. Really? I have yeah. no idea what this movie is about or like <laughs> anyone that's in it or anything. Can I tell you, I, I think that you might actually like this one. Okay. Well, I think. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it too. And because I, I really love this movie and I haven't seen it in a while. So I'm really excited for a rewatch. So yay. It'll All right. Be so major fun. league. Major league. Take me out to the ball game. Yes. That's the end of our episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at NNSIPod. And if you enjoy our podcast, tell your friends. They can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Like and subscribe and all the things. And join us next time with your cocktail at the ready when we talk about Major League. We'll see you then because we've got lots more to watch. And I've seen nothing. So please keep listening. And we'll keep watching. Bye. Bye. Bye.